Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Star Trek Jujurations. This is the penultimate episode of our season, going through one seasons one through three of Voyager. How many times can I say season in this opener? We've got this episode and next week, and then after that, I am taking a break. Uh, during that break, you will still get content if you are a Patreon subscriber in that you can join the live watch parties uh, that I'm going to be doing to prepare for the next season. Uh, only the patrons, Patreons, patrons will know what those are before I release those episodes, which probably won't be sometime until maybe like February or so. So yeah, I'm taking a little bit of a break, um, but make sure to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, to continue getting content in the hiatus, and also make sure to follow me on Instagram. Now, I'm not going to say Instagram.com, I'm just going to say Instagram, because I am not a boomer. Instagram at Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, and that's how you can keep in contact with me. As far as guest stars and special episodes and all that stuff for next season, I'm working on it. We'll see what we can do. Um, we're going to move away from Voyager. That's all I'm going to say. So in today's zhuzh, it's a little difficult because, well, difficult for a good reason, because there's a lot of actually like good episodes in this chunk. We are taking the next five episodes. We will skip Favorite Son because Sean and I did an entire episode on Favorite Son back uh, in season one. So you can go check that out. And then we'll do the remaining five before Scorpion Part One. So what are those episodes? Those episodes are Coda, Blood Fever, Unity, Darkling, and Rise. Now, Darkling, Rise, and Favorite Son are like referred to in the fan community as something like the trio of tragedy or something where it's like three shitty episodes in a row um i definitely think yeah they're weak and we're gonna judge ju those are the two we're gonna be judging uh darkling and rise but i don't think they are as bad as some of the really 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 bad episodes of voyager uh 1159 looking at you and um oh there was another one i think from this season I even talked about. I don't know. It's all getting mushy. This is why Daddy needs a break. This is why Daddy needs a break. All right, so let's just uh, jump right into it. Of course, if you listened last week um, and you're on the Patreon, you saw the, the video of it, but uh, my buddy Adam Harper joined me for Alter Ego. Al that, well, that Alter Ego might be one of the five worst episodes of Voyager. I would put that as worse than um, Darkling and, and Rise here, and probably, probably on par with Favorite Son. Which actually, Favorite Son's just boring. Anyway, there's a whole episode about that. I don't need to talk about that. Go watch, go listen to that episode if you care about Favorite Son. Okay. Coda. Coda's great. Coda, now, now, I feel like I have to have a caveat for all of these episodes. They're all great standalone Star Trek episodes. However, they could have been done on any series. And, in fact, a lot of these episodes feel like, um feel like, yet again, Voyager taking three concepts from pre-existing Next Generation episodes and mushing them together. In this one, it's effective because the episode is actually good, but, you know, it's cause and effect meets the next phase, and then the fact that it's an alien manipulation is a bit of sub-rosa, right? It's not 
fucking her father, thank God. Thank God. Uh, but in Blood Fever, Bellata might have. Anywho, um, so Janeway is, um, she was knocked out by an electrical storm. Uh, she's on a shuttle with Chakotay. The scene with Chakotay trying to revive her is phenomenal. I think it's the best acting uh, Robert Beltran has the entire the entire show, all seven seasons. It is a really touching, great scene that really gets to you. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, um, you know, the, the cause and effect stuff where, where you get to the end and then you start back at the beginning and all of the ways it ended. Her getting strangled by the Vidians, her dying, her getting killed by the doctor with nerve gas because she has the phage. Just... Wild, 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 wild endings, one after the next. It's also a little, um, it's a little future imperfect in a way. I don't know if you you felt that too, of like the things not adding up kind of way, with the crew not really being the crew. Anyway, um, but I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I thought it was really good here, and then a little tapestry, you know, with, this is your life. This is you. I'm here. I'm your dad from the afterlife trying to bring you in. So that for me is the only problem I have with this episode is not the dad, because I like expanding Janeway's story and actually getting to know more about her as a as a person aside from being a captain. So I like the concept of the dad. I like the concept of like you're dead. However, I don't like that it was this alien parasite. You know, it's a little flashback. It's a little... I don't know. It just feels very rote at this point. Oh, it's an alien parasite that wants to feed on your body. Like, and is doing it through an ascension. So is doing it by convincing you that you've died. So that you don't try to revive when people are reviving you. Like, you become unresponsive. It's a little... It it just gets mushy at the end in a way that I don't like. So with Coda... I would just want it to be something else. Maybe make it an existential crisis for her again, like similar to Sacred Ground. There is no alien. There was no she... Because oh, And again, it's also a little inner light in a way. Um, minor way. Minor way with that in Tapestry. But make it so that she is revived. But all of that was going on in her head while she was unconscious. And whether or not she did see her father, or whether that was her mind. Just, just you don't need the alien. You don't need the deception and all of that. Uh, um, yeah, it's also aliens trying to trick the way... Well, I, now we're getting generic, because like every episode's aliens trying to trick somebody. But I was thinking like projections, and I was thinking um, the... Is that the one with the Botha? I think that's the one with the Botha. No, the one with the Botha is Melton Kess's face. That might have been. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I'm sure now that I haven't fully remembered exact details of all the episodes, all of you Star Trek fans have, have already tuned out because you're like, this guy, has this guy even watched Star Trek? Which, you know what? Side note. We have a Small but vocal audience here on Star Trek Generations. I appreciate all of you. If you message me on Instagram, I talk to you. Talk to you on Twitter. You know, I'm very interactive, and I want to be. So if you're listening to this and you've never actually spoken to me, I'll chat with you. We can talk episodes. Um, 
However, I posted a clip uh, of me talking about Janeway as a Southern Belle um, on TikTok. And man, did people come out of the woodwork about the South and the Civil War. I believe it all culminated in one person saying, quote, the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. Things got wild on the TikTok. Uh, I am too old and too broken to care about that stuff anymore. I used to really care when I was getting trolled, and now, like, literally go fuck yourself. Um, but man, did it get a lot of... That really, that was kicking a hornet's nest, which was kind of fun. It was, the comments that I got were wild. Um, anyway, Coda. D- yeah, just take out, just take out the, the alien parasite. This all happened in her head, and she has to sort of think about whether she thinks she had a near-death experience and whether she was being called to the afterlife or was it life or was it all in her head maybe it just ends with a conversation with her and Chicote having dinner talking about it or her and the doctor right it maybe be a little too similar to sacred ground but i just think that's stronger than the the final act haha it was an alien all along um right so now we move on to blood fever this almost got a judge. This was close. Uh, or as I like to call the episode, Belana is too horny to function. You know, and I was reading the behind-the-scenes notes of this, and they weren't even that great. Now, Andrew Robinson uh, directing it actually makes sense to me now. I mean, it, not, not saying that he shouldn't have or anything like that. What I'm saying is, when I saw that Garrick, the actor who plays Garrick, directed this, I immediately thought, oh, Balana's whole breakdown is very similar to Garrick in The Wire. So I could see maybe how he would be, di- how that would influence how he directed her to take the scene. It just felt a little similar. Not not in like a, you know, not in a bad way, but like in a, oh, I see his influence in this. Uh, possibly. I don't know. Um, it, I mean, it's a solid episode. It has real stakes. I like the idea of Balana being like compromised and fucking up the away mission. Because she's horny. I like the creepy thing with Vorik. Um, I think the Ponfar infection is fine. Um, I didn't know non-Vulcans engaged in it could catch horny. The horny was contagious. I don't know. That seemed a little... I don't know if I like that as a concept for like how Ponfar works. Um, but there was a lot of talk basically about how they wanted to do a Ponfire episode and they felt like they couldn't do it with Chakotay because he's married with kids. Um, I also think it, it's, you know, you notice Vork going through Ponfire is creepy and dangerous. Belana going through Ponfire is sexy. And that's how they play it because sexually aggressive man dangerous, rapey, sexually aggressive woman, hot, God, she needs it, the audience wants to give it to her. And that's where I'm kind of, and maybe it's just because I'm gay, just kind of ick with that, like, again, we've got to make a woman so horny that she can't function. It just feels a little cringe today. Um, it, it makes sense. Ponfar was a pre-established thing. If this was if this was something they just made up for the episode, I'd have more of a problem. You know, it works. 
Um, and Star Trek has done this before, you know, the horny disease in the naked now. Um, but I don't know. It's just a little, it's a little cringe. Um, I like that it gets Tom and Bellana together. And I really think this is the episode I feel that stops Tom being a pussy hound when he, he faced with the choice of like, she wants it and him being respectful and saying no. I think that is such a clever and great way to start building a bond between them because she had always viewed him as a pig. So for him to sort of you know, do something honorable in a moment where he could have been a pig and get away with it because he was just saving her life. She needed this dick. We're just gonna die. Dick or die. Um, and didn't, I think is a great way to, to, to have Bolana have a different view of Tom. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's also a pretty good message on consent. Like, you can't consent... If you are not, you know, in your right mind, basically. And she's not in her right mind as much as she says. Like, she, she is incapable of consent. And a man recognizing that, you know, it's it, it's it's obviously different because here it's, you know, the, the, the ponfar, like, Balana's, like, begging for it. But it, it translates to things like people who are too drunk or people who are, you know. So it's a good, it, there's a little bit of cringe, but there's, I think there actually is a lot of good lesson in this. It's nice to see Varak, who should be Tark. Nice to see Vork in it. Um, um, I guess... I don't know. I just would have... I would have done something to make... I don't know what I would... I don't Honestly, I don't want to... What I would have done. And why... When Voyager... It's done Ponfar twice now. What's with the... Where's the finger thing? Like, where... where Savick's on Genesis with Spock, and he's about to go through it. So she's like tracing her, his fingers, which I always thought was her like prepping. It's like a pre-fingering prep. Like, yes, Spock, you will use two fingers on my Vulcan vagina. Vul vulgina. Vulgina. Yes, two. And it the, the cut scene was that Spock starts with like one and she's like no two uh that's that's the cutscene from search for spock the search for vulgina yeah where's that where's where's yeah tuvok i mean that would have been that would have been bad tuvok doing the finger thing with balada teaching her how to masturbate <laughs> could not no that's that's a hard pass from upn uh, it was on at 8 o'clock. Can't do that. Can't jerk Chakotay into a cup for Seska. Can't have Tuvok teach him a lot how to finger herself. <laughs> Unity. <laughs> the Borg episode. Okay. This almost got a zhuzh. It is a solid episode. It is an entertaining episode. It's a really good Chakotay episode. Um, it's a mystery. It involves the Borg in an interesting way. Not ever seeing the Borg Borg in it, even like a flashback talking about how the cube was destroyed, is a waste. You know, not seeing like the actual Borg Borg. It's like if you did, um, if you started Seven of Nine story from the gift forward. 
It's like, but you you want you want to see the Borg, uh, and I know we saw a Borg corpse a little while ago, um, but yeah. So the other thing is, it's not tied into what would become a huge amount of lore about the Borg through the rest of Voyager, right? I don't think it's referenced in Scorpion. I don't think it's referenced in Unimatrix Zero. Maybe it, maybe in a passing line. Maybe it is. But I really like they almost treated it. They treated it as a one-off episode, and then when they deal with the Borg, because again, like I think there's conversations where they start talking to Starfleet, where it's like, oh, I think it's fake Barkley hologram is like everyone's super excited to meet the only Borg who's a, the only the only Borg who's ever left the. Coll- I'm sorry, what about all these people? What about technically Hugh and, and the the lore, lore army in Descent? What about, I mean, John Luke wasn't a Borg for very long, so I can understand why maybe he doesn't count. But Seven of Nine is actually not that unique. And even in Voyager's own run, they've already done this. So... There were so there were missed opportunities to take this episode and actually bake it in as sort of the the like I Borg the way I Borg is to best of both worlds. This could have been to Scorpion and everything that followed, and it wasn't. Maybe because they didn't know they were going to do that yet. Maybe they didn't know they were firing Cass yet at this point, um, and bringing in Seven of Nine and doing all that. I don't know, but you could have done that. Retcon. You could have done that in Scorpion. You didn't need to bake in too much here. But apparently, the whole thing of the Borg ship being destroyed was supposed to be a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to 8472 on the way, which they never really tied up. Right? It's just, that's my judge of unity. Because I also like the fact that they like, <laughs> Voyager said, no, we're not going to do the, establish a little collective for you. And they were like, Yikes. Sorry. Fuck you. We got to do it anyway. Because um, they really didn't have any other choice. And I don't... like It, it, it makes them a little scary. Um, it makes it more complicated. So I really like that. It's just my only zhuzh of this episode is do more to actually bake this in. I also read, like, Brandon Braga was asked about the collective, like, some at some point during Voyager's run, about, like, what happened to them, like, that collective. So, oh, we're past them, you know, they were a while ago, I don't know, I'd be curious uh, to see what happened to them. But just the fact that the whole production team sort of dismissed that episode and was like, nah, we're into different Borg now. Um, I don't know. It just, it was a really missed, missed opportunity and makes this makes I don't think of this as a Borg episode. It's just another bottle episode because they didn't really bake it in. Which brings us to our judges. Let's start with Darkling. So I feel like there came to a there came a point in the Kess stories. There are too many Kess stories about her thinking about leaving the ship. Right? Now, maybe between this and Cold Fire, you get sort of like a, a, um, a that she's been thinking about it enough that the gift feels more reasonable, but the gift, she had no choice. Right? So it doesn't actually lead up to the gift because these episodes, if they didn't happen, she would have still had to have left the ship. Right? But 
it's just again her considering possibly leaving the ship and 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 the the murder mystery. Like I don't care about these characters. Actually, the um the cold open is fun with the negotiation on the planet. It feels a little bit like when um, Riker, Beverly, and Worf were undercover in the beginning of Gambit trying to figure out what happened to Picard. Felt a little bit like that. Not in a copy way, but like in a, oh, this is cool when they do this. Um, yeah, I just, I, I I really didn't like the whole Kess thing. And again, with the, and now it's the doctor being paternalistic over Kess. Like, in the 24th century, and I get that he's a hologram, and I get that Neelix is a Talaxian and not part of, you know, the Federation and all of that, but, like, so many men on this show feeling paternalistic towards women who should have agency. And I get that Kess is a child, but then maybe she shouldn't be fucking the Thundercat. <sighs> she's an adult woman when it comes to her relationship with Neelix, but she's treated like a child in every other respect. And now it's the doc- like the doctor sort of feeling protective over Kess because she's gonna possibly have a romance. I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like that piece of it at all. Now the underlying concept of the episode, the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde of the Doctor, was done much better as sort of a smaller piece of the Year of Hell, where they turn off his ethical subroutines. Like, that's this concept done better and creepier, right? The switch, where it's just like, oh, turning these off. Now will you do it? Sure. That was creepy. Um, that's a better version of what's happening here. And, you know, I'm sure Bob Ricardo was told to chew the scenery, but it is a little mustache twirly. Um, it's creepier in Year of Hell because everything else is the same in his personality. And just this... He's almost creepy in the way that lore is creepy. This guy's just, this, you know, Mr. Hyde uh, here is just generic evil, right? Um, I, the pieces of it I like. I like the torturing of Balana. That's super creepy and um, really well acted. And I think there was an interview where Balana was basically like, I love doing that scene. And you can tell they're having a ton of fun. It's really well acted. It is creepy. Um, so there are pieces of it that work. And the, the the dismembered holograms on the holodeck, that was creepy. Um, the fact that this came from the doctor messing with his own program, that's interesting. So there's, there's actually a lot of really good concepts in this and good scenes. It's honestly the Kess piece of it that doesn't work. And taking Kess hostage. Oh, and when they fell off that cliff. Oof. Oof, you didn't have the technology to make that work. That was bad. That looked bad. Um, so, and the just-in-time transporter, it's just like, of, co- of course. There's nothing, I don't know. It was just another, like, of course. So, how would I have judged Darkling? Keep the concept of an evil doctor. That's fun. Keep the concept that it's it was virtue of him tweaking his programming. That's cool, because we can see the danger of his evolution, the way that he's choosing to do it, you know. Um, But I would make—get rid of the people on the planet, get rid of the attempted murder, get rid of all of that. Instead, make it this longer mystery that's going on the ship that 
someone gets sick. Also, the whole the, it started with Balana having a bad set, not in front of my salad. <laughs> okay, people will know what I'm referring to there. Not in front in front of my salad. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, have it do that. Have it that people are you know getting sick. Different things. And the slow reveal, like it starts where it's just, you know, man, it's a busy time in sickbay. And Cass's part in this can be because she's in sickbay, she's starting to suspect it's just too many weird things happening, too many people. And she's starting to suggest that maybe there's foul play. And then she slowly starts to suspect the doctor. And the doctor is. He's sort of doing experiments or taking maniacal joy out of fucking with people. Um, It can be discovered. And then maybe by Balana. And then you can keep the whole Balana torture scene. Right? And... You can kind of do a Heart of Darkness thing where he escapes to the holodeck and it's the trail of dismembered holograms and all of that. Um, Maybe the issue is in his... Maybe the cure, the reason they can't just like, okay, he's in the holodeck, shut him down and we'll do it instead of him just like locking out the computer, which everyone, everyone apparently is able to lock out the computer. Like there's no... Like they don't have double authentication on Voyager. Like, anybody can lock out the computer. Harry, they locked out my controls. They locked out... Anybody can lock out. There's no security on the Voyager computer. Um, But in... So it can be that, you know, they've uploaded the fix into the hollow emitter. And so they got to get it on him. And that'll access him and and fix the program or whatever. So they've got to go into the holodeck and basically Heart of Darkness hunt him down. Um... And he's become a complete maniacal megalomaniac, maybe living as a king among holograms and taking sacrifices and just, just, and he's glad the, the biological life forms have come because it's more pleasurable for him to kill them instead of holograms. Yeah. It make, get rid of the Kess piece. Make it more of a mystery on the ship and keep all the really good parts. Dismembered holograms, Balana torture scene. Um, that the doctor doesn't know he's flipping between the two until he's just fully the second guy. So yeah, that's my that's my Zhuzh of Darkling. Which brings us to the last episode today. Which I gotta tell you, when I watched this, I actually didn't hate it. There are problems, for sure. But I actually didn't hate it. I think because the guest cast, with the exception of the red herring, like, this guy is obviously evil, who ends up being not evil. With the exception of him, the guest cast is really good. I liked the the female alien. I liked the the guy who ends up being the bad guy on the, the lift. I And the whole central concept of the Tuvok and Neelix needing to have respect for each other. And, tu- and Neelix is like... 
fuck you to Tuvok speech, like you'd never respect like that. That's really great and really well acted and a really good concept and really just gives the finger to Tuvok, who has been a dick to Neelix the entire time. Not just like, oh, I don't take this guy seriously, but but outwardly shitty. And I remember when I first watched Voyager, I didn't like Tuvok very much because he just seemed like a prick. He wasn't just cold and a Vulcan. Like, he was just outwardly shitty to anybody he didn't like. Um, which they also did on Enterprise, which I didn't like the Enterprise Vulcans because they, I felt like they translated logic and emotional suppression to asshole. Spock was never an asshole. He was a little almost like a... Like, if you're talking about it in, in, like, real life, like, on Earth here in present day, it's, like, someone who doesn't understand social cues kind of vibe with him, where everyone was sort of, like, in the way that Data, Data was never a dick. He just sometimes didn't get it, or it wasn't part of his culture. Well, not Data, but, like, for Spock, part of his culture, that kind of stuff. It just the, the, the later Treks started just making Vulcans dicks, which I don't think, I'm sure there are Sure, there are Vulcan dicks. We we nearly saw them in Blood Fever, um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's why I never really liked Tuvok. Upon second viewing of the series, I I got a better appreciation for him. But this episode is great and goes a long way to kind of putting Tuvok in his place and giving them the respective, you know. Uh, not Neelix has always respected Tuvok. It's Tuvok respecting Neelix, Neelix saving the day, but still being Neelix of kind of like, um, I'm taking it as I'm figuring it out along the way. Um, the issue, and again, the issues are one, this is pretty much, and I don't know which one came first. This is pretty much the ascent, Odo and, and Quark, you know, um, they never really did this on Next Gen because there weren't those kind of interpersonal conflicts. But, you know, but it needed to be done between these characters. In this, It was very similar to the Paris Chakotay one with the baby. That one was much better with the alien baby that was really cute. Um, that was a better version of this kind of story. But it needed to be done between Neil and Tuvok. I don't mind it. Um, the lift thing was interesting. It was a technological thing we didn't really see before. Um, kind of felt like we were on, it was kind of Star Trek does speed in a way, kind of a little diehard. And that's where, that's where the zhuzh comes. It's honestly, and I don't mind the, the plot device of the, the fake asteroids. That's interesting. That's cool. Haven't seen that before. So there are really a lot of cool pieces of this. It's the murder mystery. The murder, murder mystery. I don't feel like needed to be there you could still have the like honestly take the whole uncover the plot of what the asteroids are and just keep it on voyager have that be the voyager side of the story and just keep the begrudging respect um between neelix and tuvok as the story there and maybe get rid of the the two other aliens there on the on the tether and it's just just the just the woman who's great i think that does a long way but then i think that it actually might shrink the neelix tuvok down to the b story make voyager the a story and in that way maybe the it's like a small because in in um 
I believe in the Paris Neelix episode, that was the A story. So that way, it's it continues to be a different kind of episode than that story was, and that the ascent is on Deep Space Nine by just making it a smaller piece of the episode, but still an important one. That would make an extremely strong B story, and then just beef up the A story, the mystery, you know, have have Dick Alien on the ship and starts you know, takes a hostage and. Goes down to the, tries to blow up the warp core and like, I don't know, does stuff. Have it all up on the ship. And I think that makes Rise a better episode. Also, the title's bad. It, whenever I saw that, when I see that title, I think of um, Frankenstein. Like Dr. Frankenstein. Rise! He is alive! That's what I think of when I see that title and it seems a bit corny. I felt like, I think when I saw just the title and not, not knowing when this what I'm about to say when it actually showed up in Voyager, if I saw the title, I'm like, oh, this must be a Captain Proton episode. Because it feels like sci-fi cheesy corny, the title. So change title, shift AB story, put stuff up on Voyager, keep the stuff on the tether as just the interpersonal issues between Tuvok and Neelix. Um, and the whole running out of air thing was also very similar to when... Um, so it would be like Julian and um, Dax. I think it's Starship Down, where they are um, locked in the, the the Jeffrey's tube area or closet or wherever they are um, with environmental controls failing, and they sort of use the moment to like rectify something that was going on in there or address something in their interpersonal relationship, it would have been kind of similar to that. Um, so that's that's it. All right, what do you think? Do you like my zhuzhs? Do you hate my zhuzhs? Did I, did I screw up your favorite episode, Rise or Darkling? What do you think about Unity? Do you think there was a way to build Unity? You know what? I never really liked, and this is beyond the scope of our show, I never really liked Unimatrix Zero. Um, with Seven having been part of it, and she doesn't remember, and she's got like the whole Seven piece of it. I really didn't like. As the story, what if the Collective had started Unimatrix Zero? That's what they did. They formed their Collective, and then they decided their purpose was to free other drones and start this resistance. So that way, you tie in this episode into the bigger lore of the Borg story. Look at that. I just just a two-parter from, I think, six to seven. There. Look at that. That's a bonus zhuzh just for you. And you're not even paying me money on the Patreon. All right. So we've got one more episode left before I take a little break. Again... Uh, if you don't want there to be a break, you can join me over on the Patreon where I'll be doing patron-only content through the premiere of the third season of Star Trek Zhuzh, where we'll take on some new episodes. And until then, uh, I will see you next week to wrap up Season 3 of Voyager. 